Good morning and welcome to the morning show. My name is Sean Tierney and uh, I want to wish you all a very happy new year. Today is January 3rd, so it's probably your first day back to work if you didn't work yesterday because of the holiday here in the United States. And so I want to wish you all a very happy new year. Happy 2023 to everyone. And uh, I want to start off uh, talking about uh, what this show is. I wanted to do um, something every day where we could take a look at the automation news, new products, and uh, questions that come into the automation blog and locals and the automation schools. So that's what this uh, show is going to be all about. I hope to release it both on video and on audio so uh, it can reach everybody out there. And of course, the Automation Podcast has been extremely popular and we plan to continue to run that and interview vendors and talk about products. But um, I wanted to do something different, like a short morning show that we could kind of go over everything that's happened uh, recently. And uh, to do that, to kind of keep track of my notes with all of that, what I've done is uh, created a new website. Now, it's uh, still in its infancy, but before we get to that, um, I want to go to, let's see if I can switch over here and go to our sponsor for this episode, The Automation School. This is where I teach uh, PLCs, HMIs, and SCADA. Um, this is kind of a last chance sale here because I'll be going in later in the week and changing some of these prices, rearranging the bundles. So if you see any deals you want, grab them now. Also, um, if you want to enroll your people, you have people you work with that need to take the training, uh, contact me. There's a phone number, sales phone number up at the top. Of course, I have the phone muted because I'm recording right now, but um, you can also email me and contact me. There's a form up there you can use to contact me. So if you need to train your staff, maybe you have electricians or technicians, you want to get them up to speed on PLCs, maybe HMI or SCADA, then uh, feel free to reach out. And uh, this is what makes all this possible. So I appreciate all of our students and uh, I should also mention that over at the automation blog, I also have on sale my first book. It's an ebook on the control logics. I call it the book of knowledge and uh, it's just $9.99. So I want to thank everybody who picked up a copy in the fall. It is on Kindle, but um, I'm having some problems with proofreading the newest update to Kindle. So you can get it here as a PDF um, for just $9.99. And unlike Kindle, we, we only keep like a, a quarter of the sale. Here we keep like 95% of it. So it really supports the show. And uh, so does Locals. If you want to join our community, automation.locals.com. It is the price of a cup of coffee once a month. And uh, you can be part of the community. You can ask me questions directly. I try to help everybody. If it's something I know, I try to help everybody there. And, you know, I, if you're looking for any old files that used to be on a vendor's website that maybe I've downloaded in the past, I share those as well. So with that, so let me go back around here and get back to the new website I'm launching uh, along with this show. It's called automate.news. And this is where I'll go every morning and put all the uh, the news topics that I think of are worthy and are interesting to me. Of course, I do have a submit a news tip. If you see something that I didn't list, please send it in using that form. And um, that takes you over to the automation blog where there's already a news tip form. And then there's a contact link if you want to get in touch with me. Um, that takes you over to the Insights and Automation, the company, the, the company of all these websites, and um, you can get in contact with me directly. Of course, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn and other places as well. Now, um, I have links here to the blog and to the Automation School as well. Now, for this episode, because there's not a lot of news today, because most people had yesterday off, 
I want to talk about, I kind of went through all the different websites and I know I need to add more, but there's so many vendors out there, right? So I kind of went through all of them for December. It took a few hours, but I went through and I kind of listed some of the things that I thought were interesting. I thought we'd go through this list quickly for today since there's really no uh, new news. And you can kind of see how I did this here. Let me zoom in. You can see, um, first, one thing I like to do is look at the new literature released by the major vendors. And so, um, you know, whether it's a data sheet or a product profile or a brochure or user's manual, I like to list those there. And um, Rockwell also had introduced its GuardLink 2.0 with Ethernet IP. Honeywell um, also uh, helped increase uh, production at Baton Rouge uh, facility. And then you can see here a new manual from Siemens. You can see this is an article I wrote about uh, Studio 5000 pricing and packages and features, kind of comparing them all. Um, you can see another manual from Siemens. You can see um, the journal, the episode, the episode, the uh, release of the uh, the uh, monthly edition of the journal. You can read that there. You can see another press release from Rockwell. Here's one I wrote: Seven things new you should know about Control Logics. I'm going to be doing a lot of this. My goal is to take all the articles in the uh, my book of knowledge on the control logics and update them and then i'll uh, update the book as well so uh, everybody who buys the book today will have all those new articles um in the future so it's very time consuming so um it'll take a while but uh in any case um you can see some more information here's grace grace introduces check vault that's a very cool product and then here's one from abb their robot studio which is a nice product here we can see phoenix contact um they're um, doing some marking for food and beverage and a banner. This is a, a podcast. We had him on. This is also an article up at the automationblog.com. So you can get his Schneider Electric, um, work a buy-in. That's one of their blog posts. So you can kind of get an idea. I'm Ron on one of their podcasts. So you can kind of get an idea what I'm doing here. I'm trying to take his one from Beckoff, Emerson, trying to look at all of the major vendors and some of the minor vendors too and uh, kind of list what's new and exciting from them, what's, you know, their innovations. Um, you know, a lot of times, like you look here, the distributed IL, the 200AL, ET200AL from Siemens, you get some new uh, literature on that. That's a big product line for them. We've had them on the show before. And so just really trying to have one place where I can, you know, as I go every morning and browse all these websites and get educated, that I can share links to them so that, you know, if, you, uh, if you're looking for, hey, what's new and exciting out there? What's new with PLCs, HMIs, SCADA, VFD, sensors, you know, IO and all that, um, some really cool stuff. And this also helps me to reach out to the vendors and say, hey, like, for instance, it didn't make this list because it was back in September, but a vendor had released a new distributed IO platform. So what I did was I sent a message to them on LinkedIn. I said, hey, guys, why don't you come on the Automation Podcast and tell us all about this? This is a pretty exciting development for your uh, for your company and we'd love to hear about your your new ethernet distributed io so um with that said you can kind of get an idea of what i'm looking at um here's the podcast we had automation ladies on or half of the automation ladies team on our podcast and uh, you can see new assets in the literature here and then you can see our top 10 episodes and um we had that special holiday edition now if you missed that let's see if i can get over there to the automation blog that's this. Um, this is just me going through the top 10 podcasts, articles, shows, and the Automation Minute episodes for 2022. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. It was a lot of work. It's kind of, I have to do it every year anyways for the media guide. We have a media guide where 
Um, prospective vendors can come up here and I have to squint because I don't have my glasses on. And they can see our media guide and I try to update this every year. We get the stats on the back. And so I like to uh, update this every year. We have advanced statistics for the podcast too. So uh, we'll be adding the page for that. So those will be the 2022 stats. And this has all the pricing in here for advertising and, and for uh, you know sponsoring a podcast and whatnot. So I like to update this every year. So the prospective vendors who uh, want to support uh, the work we do here at Insights and Automation can uh, will know what the prices is for each and what comes with each. And I uh, really appreciate them doing that. Let's see if I can uh, go back to the new site. Now, as far as uh, things that have happened um, in the last 24 hours, we did have one question come in over at theautomationblog.com, and I've linked to it right here. And really, the, uh, the, the reader was asking about remote I.O., and panel views specifically. And, um, you know, here is an article where I'm showing how to migrate an old remote IO panel view to a panel view plus. This is a really old one, 2014, right? So what is that, eight years ago? Um, and so he's asking, he's like, hey, nothing's working, blah, blah, blah. How do I do this? So uh, first of all, this article did work. I've done a lot of these remote IO uh, panel view to panel view plus remote IO. Um, I've also done them from to uh, like RS View, Data Plus, to Panel View Plus, Ethernet, and so on. And uh, you know, the first place you want to start with these is really understanding how Panel View standard, the old Panel Views, or even Panel View Enhance, you really got to understand how they worked on Remote I/O. And I say that because if you don't understand that, it's hard for you to make the translation, right? So, you know, if we look back at remote I.O., right, we had two things that you had to understand. You had to understand rack, group, slot, okay? So you had a rack, you had a group, and you had a slot, right? And everything on remote I.O. had to have an RGS, okay? So maybe your panel view was, let's say, rack four. So rack would be zero, four. Group would probably start at zero, and then it would probably go zero through seven if you're going to take up the whole rack. And so you have to understand that because that's where the digital I.O. is going to live. And so if I write an output, let's say I do rack zero, uh, 04, group 1, bit 0, right? That's probably going to be tied to like a, a light on the uh, pilot light or indicator on the panel view plus or panel view. And uh, so it's very important to understand that. So the outputs from the PLC, the digital outputs, turn into like indicators or pilot lights on the uh, the panel view. And conversely, if you have a button that you want like a stop button to start a system, Right, that start button comes back into the input. So it could be rack 04, group 1, bit 5, right? And that could be the input, right? And so you got to understand that first. And then we have block transfers. Block transfers are a way to send, you know, maybe 64 words of data through a single byte. So maybe I take rack 04, group 7, and I take the lower byte 0 through 7, and I assign that to a block transfer. So I can send in a bunch of words, you know, multiplex it, send it in over time through that one word. And of course, the whole, how that all works is handled by the PLC and by the panel view on remote I.O. But um, that's important stuff. And you have to understand how that works. A lot of times in the panel view, no matter which one you're using, um, when you when you actually uh, are addressing some of those block transfers, you're telling it, you, that where it's going to end up, like N7 colon zero or B3 colon zero slash zero, right? You're not actually telling it 
the rack group slot, right? And so a lot of people get confused. It says, hey, right here, this tag is supposed to be going to N70. Well, it really didn't. You know, that was kind of like a, a, a tag name almost. That address was kind of like where you expected it to end up. But in the PLC, we had to have a block transfer read to read that data out of the panel view and then put it into N70. That block transfer may not have put it into N70, could have put it into N10. So it's very important to understand all that. Understand where everything was in the PLC and where it is in the uh, panel view on remote IO. Now, as far as the block transfers, right? You know, it's pretty easy to just to disable those block transfers and then have your panel view on Ethernet or panel view plus on Ethernet write directly to N70 or N10. That part's easy. So that part of the conversion, when you're going from remote IO to Ethernet, that's really easy because you say, all right, no more block transfers for me. Instead of using those instructions to read and write to the remote IO, ad, you know, racks on remote IO, I'm going to just disable those block transfers and I'm going to write to read and write directly to the integer files or the floating files or the binary files in the PLC. So I just eliminate that. That's easy because here, you know, SCADA and HMI today, we typically write directly to whatever we want. We don't have to go through a block. We don't have to wait for a block transfer for the PLC to come collect our IO data. And that works great, right? But where people fall down a lot of times is the digital I.O., the inputs and outputs. And, uh, you know, they want to try to write directly to the I's and O's. First of all, always a bad idea to have your HMI write directly to I's and O's, right? And uh, in some PLCs, the O's are protected. You can't write to them from an HMI. Another thing to keep in mind is the inputs, right? Digital inputs, those are read on the PLC scan, right? So whatever PLC we're using, the scan will either be synchronous or asynchronous, but... Regardless, the PLC's reading from the inputs, even if there's no input card out there, it's still trying to read that data. You know, there's going to be cache memory for that device, even if it's disconnected. And it's going to read that data and put it into the input image table. And so if you're trying to write from your HMI a one into input, let's say, well, PLC5, right? 040/00, right? Well, you know, if the PLC is scanning every 10 milliseconds, it's going to be overwriting whatever your HMI is writing down there with what it thinks is coming from the inputs, right? So typically when you do one of these, you're going to just create a, a binary file for inputs and outputs and uh, convert all your I's and O's in your panel view project to B's, right? And that's what I would do. But you can see here, right? So how do you explain this effectively? Um, I pretty much told the, told the student, you really, or the reader, you really got to learn about the panel view remote IO and understand how it works so that you can migrate it successfully to a panel view plus Ethernet. And, you know, one of the problems with the uh, panel view plus seven, which is a product I love, we have one, one of the uh, corners broke, it <laughs> fell off the shelf, but, um, I super glued it back on, but, um, uh, great product, except it only has Ethernet, right? Whereas the older PanelView Plus original could do with the RN6, Remote I.O., Data Highway Plus, Data Highway 485, um, and, you know, cross Ethernet, serial, and whatnot. When you get to the PanelView Plus 6, you lost all that, uh, all that Remote I.O., and you couldn't even do DeviceNet I.O. or ControlNet scheduled. So the panel for plus six lost any IO networks, which is great because trying to do an HMI on an IO network was never fun. Even going back to the early nineties, uh, it was never a good time. So in any case, it's nice in HMI to have the freedom to be able to just read and write whatever tags you want in the PLC, right? So with that said, that was the, uh, the new Q question that came in yesterday. And uh, I want to thank, uh, thank, uh, I think it was Chido. I, I know I spelled, said that wrong. So my apologies. 
but I really want to thank him for or her for sending in that uh, that message. The next thing I'd like to do here as we're getting towards the end of the morning show is I'd like to uh, wish happy birthdays. Now over on LinkedIn, um, if you're connected with me, let me take the browser out of full screen mode and let's put in LinkedIn birthdays. And uh, I just want to wish everybody a happy birthday. If you want to be on the birthday list, you have to have your, your birthday in LinkedIn. That's the first thing. And the second thing you have to do is you have to connect with me. You can follow me, but I won't see your birthdays. I don't. Th I think I only see birthdays from connections. So uh, Thomas, Corey, Dick, uh, Nishaka, Jack Ryan. What a great name, right? I just finished watching season three. Uh, Pranav, Usama, Scott, Yachin, Nish, and Alexander, Rodney, and that's it. That's it for birthdays for today. So I want to wish all you guys birth happy birthdays. Again, um, if you want to connect with me, you can at LinkedIn. I'm at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Mr. Mr. Sean Tierney. And I'll put that up on the screen in case you want to in case you want to connect with me. We also have a separate account for insights and automation where we post all the news and uh, you know a, a blog of the day and all that. We also have one for the automation school if you want to see the reviews and learn about sales and what courses we have. And with that, I think that will wrap up this first episode. I'm just going to check my punch list here. Oh, I did want to mention locals. So let me go back over here and pull up locals. Um, and log in. Give me a second. Okay, so this is what Locos looks like. I have it on dark mode because I, I just happen to like the dark mode. But um, there's a pinned post here for um, all the uh, members. If you're contributing, supporting the show, a minimum of $2 a month. Um, yeah, there's some people up there supporting $5 a month, $10 a month. But uh, I pinned this post here with links to the previous downloads we had put up there and how to get a free copy of my book. Um, and uh, here I try to post everything. I try to post messages, notes, but everything I do, no matter where it is, I try to post up here as well. And uh, we actually get questions from readers in here. So let me go down here. Jar I posted a question here and he's one of our regular supporters. Here's another one here from Buddhistar. And um, here's another one from Chad Moles. And uh, so you can push your questions right up there. You can also send them directly to me if it's something private and you can't uh, share it publicly, but it's better to, to share them here so I can answer them. And um, so I wanted to show everybody that. That's locals. That's how you can support the show. And with that, I want to thank you for watching the very first episode. I know it was a little rough, but uh, it'll get better over time, I'm sure. I want to thank you for watching the uh, morning show. I'm Sean Tierney from Insights and Automation. And until next time, my friends, peace.